You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'd like to start this message by saying how much we appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. Executing the podcast is a huge financial and time commitment, and as such, it would be absolutely impossible to carry out without your support over the years. The purpose of this message is to announce that we are sweetening the pot for our current supporters and anyone who joins Patreon in the future. Currently under Patreon plans $5 and up, you receive an additional monthly trivia episode as well as our Ask Me Anything styled crop drop. Beginning January 1st, 2024, we will be releasing weekly bonus trivia episodes personally written by the hosts in addition to the crop drop. As always, new and old Patreon members will also have access to our enormous backlog of bonuses upon joining. If you have been considering joining, we hope you will consider the new episodes as yet another invitation to sign up. We hope our current members will enjoy the influx of episodes and you will never be short of trivia content. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And now, it's time for the show. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Matt is nodding because he acknowledges that it is, in fact, a game, correct? Life is a game. That's true. And uh, I'm here in the studio with Jeff and Neil, as always. How you doing? Uh, Doing all right. I also like to think life is a highway uh, as well, Matt, from the 90s classic. Philosopher once said. Philosopher once said, ruined by the, uh, what's the band that did the cover that I didn't like with a really high voice? Jonas Brothers. Rascal Flats. Rascal Flats, thank you. Rascal Flats. Yeah. Yeah. That was close. Yeah, I won't say they ruined the songs. Their voice was a little too high for my taste. Mm, they were a little it. rascal flat on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe a little rascal sharp as well. <laughs> well, uh, jumping right into our uh, festivities today, we got a couple great guests uh, joining us today, as per usual, a host and a uh, player. So, Neil? Yeah, we have two Oakland Five members on Patreon, which is so wonderful. Thank you both for supporting us there. Uh, we'll start with our host today. He's returning. We had a great episode with him. I believe it was 269, as we've talked before we started recording. Uh, coming to us from uh, Toronto, uh, Mike Sforza. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. Yeah, and so nice to have you here. We know that uh, many listeners may have heard you uh, battling it out on Bloodsport Season 3. You did a you did a great job. I know you didn't make it to the, the final eight, but we loved having you representing Canada, obviously. But... Uh, Remind folks a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I do business to business with music technology. All that means is I help uh, people who create stuff like AutoTunes get their product to retailers like um, Sweetwater Sound or Guitar Center uh, for you states people. Uh, 
but uh yeah some might say i am what happens when you get a little bit of knowledge mixed of uh, a lack of uh just a little bit of seriousness and that's why i'm hosting and not competing <laughs> <laughs> too much it's seriousness yeah has <laughs> to host well, we love having you here, and we appreciate your uh, little bit of seriousness and little bit of knowledge. Uh, we know it's going to be a great game. And uh, we'd love to introduce our guest today, uh, coming to us right outside of Philadelphia, Jenny Earhart. How are you, Jenny? I'm doing good today. And uh, we're so excited to have you here for the first time, uh, and uh, let us know a little bit about yourself. I'm an environmental consultant. As you said, I live just northeast of Philadelphia, originally from upstate New York, so... If I get anything wrong today about Philadelphia, that's why. <laughs> well, it sounds like a very uh, rewarding job and uh, something I probably couldn't do because I don't really find myself out in the environment too much because it uh, doesn't like me. Uh, I always, always fall into a moat or, or a river or something like that. So um, <laughs> I tend to be on my computer a lot. So. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Matt, could you uh, politely ask the cat not to uh, interfere Flash with us. your microphone? Oh, no, the cat is going face first instead of usually, butt first Usually today. if you politely ask the cat not to do something, it will comply. So. <laughs> That's how they work, yeah. Now, Matt, uh, speaking uh, of your cat, the, the cat will be uh, ushered away uh, into their own area, but you are going to be partnering with Jenny today in, in hopes of winning the Cream of the Crop title. Um, any team names that you both would like to, to go with? Jenny, do you play normally on Team Trivia with a name, or, or do you want Matt just to pick one for you? Matt can go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we didn't plan this ahead of time, so this is always a good thing for me. Uh, we're going to be Jenny and the Cats. Jenny and the Cats. <laughs> Jenny and the Cats. All Jeff. right. Um, shall we stick with the Elton John theme here? Always. Sure. All right. Um, do you have something you propose? Well, I like uh, pants with a lot of pockets, cargo pants. We'll be Pocket Man. <laughs> po the Pocket Man. <laughs> All right, so we have pocket men. I actually don't wear cargo pants, pocket. but we're still... It's, it's pocket man. Pocket man. It's pocket it's a, man. Singular man. So pocket... Burning through his jeans out here alone, okay? <laughs> uh, pocket man versus J -J -J Jenny and, and the Cats. carry a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we're going to go down this yellow brick road of trivia to the rules, and uh, let's Goodbye. get the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. And that was uh, Darren doing your best uh, new Elton John impression, which is a little bit of a lower voice, lower key, but still still kicking in there And somewhere. retired. And retired, yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm just going to be keeping score over here and making sure uh, that you have all uh, the, the appropriate documents making and sure references. Making sure everybody follows the rules, right. refereeing the game. I will referee the game. I will be, Jenny is an environmental consultant. I'll be a trivia consultant today. Throw the flag if you see any yeah. impropriety. That's right. In impropriety? Impropriety. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Propriety. Mike, take it away. I think we're ready to do Crocodile Rock. <laughs> well, if you weren't going to make the pun, I was. So uh, this uh, quiz does have a theme. All the answers follow a simple rule. It's going to be blatantly obvious after like three questions. So don't worry too much about it. If you get the theme, you can shout it out. It's fine. It'll help with the later questions. It's just something I decided to do. Is it Elton John? It helps writing, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? That would be suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, unfortunately, no. No Eld I don't think I put Elton John in this. I don't know anymore. So we'll find out t together. Just popping up everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first round, question one. Same thing, different name. In Canada, you may hear a 24-pack of beer referred to as a 2-4, a 375-milliliter bottle of alcohol called a Mickey, and a coffee with two creams and two sugars be ordered using what self-describing phrase? All right, we're going to lock in with a guess here. I, I think I know what this is called in the U.S., but we have to guess for the uh, Canadian version. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so while the conglomerate does have Canadian locations, I unfortunately do not know the answer offhand. Do you have any ideas on this one? No, I'm not a coffee drinker at all. <laughs> okay. Um, so a coffee with extra cream, extra sugar um, in um, the U.S. is sometimes referred to as Boston style, referring to Dunkin' Donuts having a lot of cream and sugar. Um, <clears throat> I don't think, I think based on the way that they um, name other things, I think this might be a double-double. Um, I, I think that that sounds right. Uh, are you okay locking in with that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, we're going to go double-double. All right, uh, Mike said it was self-referential, so we're just going to just say maybe it's called a Canuck. Uh, no, it is self-describing because it is a double-double. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, mm, toil and trouble for you guys. That. Points yeah. for us. Uh, you have no idea how hard it was for me to say 24-pack as a Canadian. <laughs> 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 It was legitimately a struggle. So if you um, came down to the United States, you'd be welcomed with a 2-4 of Keystone Light. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. Video games and court. On June 29, 1982, Universal sued Nintendo, claiming that Nintendo's character was a trademark infringement of their own character. Nintendo won the case by pointing out that Universal themselves proved that the character was free use during a 1975 litigation against RKO General. What character did Universal claim Nintendo was infringing on? We can lock in. All right, so Nintendo's most famous character. Mario. What Universal character would they be suing based on? Should we just say Mario and hope? I mean, is there... Can you think of a Universal character that were like red overalls? Looked like Jumpman? Anything like that? Not really. Mm. I'm not sure. I do feel like it's around Mario, but I don't know the universal character. All right. We'll just have to guess and say Mario. Um, I'm pretty sure that when you're thinking about universal characters, you could think about universal monsters, one of them being the king of monsters, King Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong, pretty close to that. So we're going to mm. say King Kong slash Donkey Kong. Good thinking and, there, Matt. And you are correct. It's King Kong. Wow. Fun fact about this case. Um, Nintendo's lawyer name is going to sound very familiar because it's jack kirby or not jack kirby oh. but his last name is kirby so <laughs> it's like the marvel for... artist jack kirby <laughs> not, yeah what? not him but <laughs> uh because he did such a good job defending nintendo it's the reason why the nintendo character kirby is named kirby hmm. <laughs> okay uh question three comics in All-Star Comics number 8, a superhero created by William Moulton Marston made their debut. In the comic, the hero wins a tournament by deflecting five bullets with bracelets. Can you name the superhero? It may help to know that William Moulton Marston also created the systolic blood pressure test, an early prototype lie detector. Uh, we're locked in. Um, so Do you have any the, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, so he's 
deflecting uh, something about the lie detector, maybe something to do with courts and lawyers. And Daredevil was a lawyer. Um, he also uh, could sense things, so he'd be able to deflect bullets. So I, I would lean that makes Daredevil. Sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. You want to lock good. in? Sure. Right. Daredevil, it is. Daredevil. Is this uh, someone well, who has a lasso of truth, Kevin? I think so. Mm. And I remember in the movie when the music kicks in, she's deflecting the, the bullets with her bracelets. So uh, we're going to say Wonder Woman. And it is Wonder Woman. Yes, exactly that. The lasso of truth. Uh, if you look up William Moulton Marston, the dude was a, uh, let's call him a kinky dude. <laughs> <laughs> if there's actually a movie about it, uh, about him, it's called uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women about uh, his kinks and writing the, uh, the, the the comic book and all that stuff. It came out uh, 2017. Nice. Well, that's more recent than I thought. Um, yeah, question number four. Every four years. From Maradona's Hand of God goal to Germany beating Brazil 7-1, the FIFA World Cup has had many memorable moments over the years. Another memorable moment happened in the 2006 World Cup Finals, when this French player headbutted Italian player Marco Materazzi and received a red card causing him to be ejected from what was his final game as a player. Italy would go on to win the World Cup, but this player did get the golden ball for being the best player in the tournament. Who is the headbutter? So, uh, Pierre Frenchman? Uh, 2006 Blonde or winner. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> it's like, dang, I can name the 2010 and 2002. It's my weak spot. I'm trying to think of a famous French player. I got nothing. Pierre Macron. <laughs> Uh, Matt? Uh, so this is one, one of my favorite early Twitter memes was there was a lot of videos of this man uh, turning into Goku from uh, Dragon Ball Z and headbutting <laughs> uh, with the flames around him. It is Zenadine Zidane. Oh, Zidane. It is, it is Zenadine Zidane. And when I think of him, I think of the family guy cutaway where he's a birthday grant. <laughs> Classic as well. Yeah. Uh, question number five. Related to Silly Putty. While Warren Robinette's name is often credited as the first one of these, it's actually just the first time it was referred to as such. The earliest known one is from a 1973 game called Moonlander, where if you moved horizontally enough while trying to land on the moon, you would end up landing at a McDonald's. What video game phrase am I talking about? All right, they are locked in. Uh, Jenny, is any of this ringing a bell? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. We just we haven't found Do you have your anything? Real house yet. All I could I heard horizontally moving. I thought side scroller. I'm like <laughs> Yeah. I think so related to silly putty, I believe silly putty can be found in these. It's it's when they uh developers oh, Easter eggs. An Easter egg. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure this is Easter egg. Sounds good. And we agree. We said Easter egg. And yeah, that's the answer. Warren Robinette's name being the one in Adventure, which is commonly misattributed as the first Easter egg. Well, uh, speaking of Easter eggs, there aren't too many in this episode yet, so we might maybe hide some later that you can find. But uh, you know, going along theme with the game of uh, Mike's favorite type of beer, the 2-4, that's kind of where the scores are at. It looks like uh, Pocket Man has 20 points, and uh, the team of Jenny and the Cats with 40, so it is a 2-4 game. 
Yeah, we had a couple goose eggs earlier. Johnny. But we'll rally back. Johnny. Uh, has anyone picked up on the theme yet? I can relate. No, I have not, actually. No. I have not been paying attention to Things that, that I know. Yes. Oh. All right. Uh, here's the first five answers again. Double Maybe. Double, King Kong, Maybe. Wonder Woman, Zenadine Zidane, and Easter ah. Egg. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think it's coming together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question six. It's all fake. Before Eric Weiss died, he made a pact with his wife, Bess, that if there was a magically a way to do so, he would contact her after his death. His wife proceeded to have a seance every year on the anniversary of his death for 10 years, but he never made contact. She gave up after 10 years, but a museum dedicated to him in Scranton, Pennsylvania, still holds a seance every year. Can you tell me the more commonly known name for Eric Weiss? who may have set up this pact so that he could continue to debunk spiritualists, psychics, and mediums even after his death in 1926. Can we can lock in. Hmm. So this is, this is probably the question referenced earlier when you said you, if it's about Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, you may not know. <laughs> uh, do you have any ideas on this one? You do know. It. I don't. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, so thinking, so maybe something alliterative, that's a possibility. Yes. <laughs> um, thinking about oh. people who died in the 20s, um, who are known for um, kind of magical type acts. Um, I think Harry this Houdini? might be, I think it might be Harry Houdini. So I think we can Ooh. lock in with that. Nice poll there from Jenny. Yep, known for uh, hating psychics, we said Harry Houdini. That's what he's known for. <laughs> <laughs> known psychic hater, Harry Houdini. Honestly, uh, yeah, the answer is Harry Houdini, and he, him hating psychics might be on par with him being a great magician or escape artist. Really, uh, he hated what... charlatans, hated them. That's great. He spent probably more of his life debunking uh, fakes, psychics, and stuff than probably escaping. Um, question number seven, doing the minimum in March, 2022, a TikTok user originated a phrase that refers to doing the minimum requirements of one's job and putting in no more time, effort, or enthusiasm than absolutely necessary. What is this phrase? And we can lock in maybe because we're both really good at it. (laughs) Is that quiet quitting? I believe it's quiet quitting. Uh, we said quiet quitting as well. Yeah, that's bang on quiet quitting. Of course, this is a TikTok, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Question number eight. Number one singles. In 1962, Bobby Boris Pickett released a novelty song that would reach number one on the Billboard Top 100 for a week in October. The song would make it to the Billboard Top 100 two more times, reaching 91 in 1970 and getting to 37 in 2021. Can you name this smash hit? This is on Matt's Spotify wrapped every year as number one. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this song, but we're going to go ahead and lock in here. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Do you have an idea what this one is? It's potentially no, a graveyard I'm, smash. That's why I was thinking Monster Mash was the only thing I could come <laughs> <Yeah>. up with. <laughs> not not as great as the uh, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, but it's it's a fine song. So we'll go with the Monster Mash. Yep, uh, I 
I'm so far getting through this uh, October season without hearing it. Uh, we're going to say Monster Mash. Because you're not around children. I've heard it 8,000 yes, times. I, <laughs> I know it's December, listeners, but, uh, you know, here in the studio, we seem to have hit a little time warped, and it's still October. So. It's, it's very relevant, though, because in December, you have Last Christmas, which a lot of people try not to listen to, but for yeah, you, but it's, it's Monster Mash in October. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, instead of Christmas taking over Halloween, we're giving the Halloween takeover at Christmas this time. Uh, it is the Monster Mash. I now, don't any... know why it topped the charts in 2021. I assume it had to do something We had nothing COVID better to TikTok, do. But... <laughs> it probably people, was. People were having their own Halloween parties at their house. Um, okay, question number nine, number representation. The year Prohibition was repealed, the year the Pittsburgh Steelers were founded, the degree Fahrenheit, that is the proper temperature to keep beer, the degrees of Scottish Rites Freemasonry, and the number of stair steps from the brewmaster's office to the brewing floor are all theories as to why the number 33 is on every bottle of what beer? All right, well, uh, we are not coming up with a alliterative beer, so we're just going to say Labette Blue. All right, are you a local beer drinker out here, Jenny? not really all i could think of was rolling rock for alliterative oh, oh i she got one i don't think it's right but it is alliterative <laughs> my first thought i didn't when, think so either <laughs> but before i remembered it was an alliterative thing i was thinking yungling the whole time and i'm just like and then it's not so uh rolling rock is what we're answering with uh not right but hey it's alliterative um you should be more confident because that is the correct answer it is rolling rock <laughs> hey well, there we go. Should trust your partner, Matt. <laughs> I should. This is what I. This is where I learned a lesson today. Established in 1939 by Latrobe Brewing. <laughs> I didn't trust myself, though. <laughs> I know, Jenny. You've been right uh, several times already. I think you just gotta <laughs> put a little more gusto behind it, and Matt'll Matt'll take that. All right. Last question of the first round. Yeah. No question beer. ten. Hidden in plain sight. The British Special Operations Executive Training Manual used in the Second World War identified several ideal properties of a substance. Some of, these some of these properties include that it mixes with water, it can't be seen under ultraviolet light, should not develop under heat, and that it doesn't decompose or discolor the paper. What spy tool are these the ideal properties of? Yep. We're locked in. Um... I don't know. I'm not a very good spy. Jenny, do you have any ideas here? I'm thinking invisible ink. Oh, okay. Uh, that sounds good. Um, alliterative? Yep. Yeah. Let's lock it in. <laughs> well, I keep telling Neil that his urine will not uh, produce invisible ink, although he keeps writing with it. Keep asking him to stop. Um, but uh, we are saying invisible ink. And the answer is invisible ink. It's actually a list of 10 different things. <laughs> Some that are like obvious, like non-volatile or uh, easily obtainable. It has at least one plausible use, innocent use, but it's just a well, whole list. One thing that uh, we don't want to keep in the shadows uh, like a, an operative, like a clandestine operative, is the scores. And uh, going into the swing round, it looks like uh, Pocket Man uh, missed one question. Uh, so they're going to be picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 60. But uh, Jenny and the Cats batting perfect in the second half of the first round, picking up 50 points, bringing their total to 90. So it is 60 to 90. Now, speaking of scores, uh, we have scores and scores of Patreon supporters, which we truly appreciate, including 
Mike and Jenny. And uh, if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast where you can get a bunch of bonus episodes, uh, other perks, and receive all the newest episodes ad-free and a little bit early. Uh, Jeff, one of our favorite things is to fulfill uh, the character boxes if you're at the rules guy impersonator or higher level, uh, or also just sending out a poster if you're at a Savage Superstar level or higher. Is that right? You got it, Neil. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, patrons and in our growing community, if you'd like to help us grow, uh, some of you may have found us by Googling us. Some of you may have found us by hearing us on another show. But sometimes it's just the reviews that matter. So go to iTunes if you can and hit us up with a nice review. We'd appreciate it, even if it's not uh, complete five stars, even though we'd appreciate that. Yeah, give us five stars and then write whatever you want. That's true. Or you can we do it that way. We will read them. Yeah. It's the <laughs> <laughs> we do read them. That's true. We read them kind of right before we go to bed and, and put our head on the pillow and cry. But... Um, but please uh, send us reviews if you can. It always helps the show. That's right, Neil. Thanks, thanks, Ken. Uh, and uh, Matt, uh, speaking of spies, uh, what kind of spy would you like to be? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Just Neil. say that's right, Neil. That's right, on. Neil. Let's move on. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Mike, so what do we have in store for the swing round today? Uh, as been noted earlier, uh, a couple times, um, it is alliteration is the theme of this quiz so i thought it'd be fun to do a bunch of alliterative before and afters whereas i'm calling this swing round a four and after uh just to make it that much more alliterative <laughs> so uh i'm assuming you all know how before and after works i just want monster to know... mashed potatoes <laughs> yeah <laughs> nailed it uh i just want to note the first part of the clue is not necessarily the first part of the before and after okay so a clue could be like um vehicle that uh teens loose and their talking dog used to solve whodunits and it would be murder mystery machine so uh just keep an eye out for that okay so your swing round clues i guess we'll call them <laughs> questions are peppermint stick made of fairy floss Draft your favorite Square Enix characters, and after 18 weeks of tracking touchdowns, field goals, and sacks, a winner is decided. Number three, Tim Allen's show within a show, where he explores a concept that was experienced by Emmett Brown, Sam Beckett, and Bill S. Preston Esquire. Number four, main character realizes little brother, voiced by Alec Baldwin, was actually born somewhere between 1946 and 1964. Number five, Glee antagonist portrayed by Rocky. Number six, common name for a revolver that fires Spider-Man villain factions. Number seven, 2018 horror film starring a blindfolded Sandra Bullock in a nest on Sesame Street. Number eight, a shoulderless sleeveless woman's garment that wraps around the upper torso made of glassware from a science lab. Number nine, Hagrid's pet Aragog's home is engulfed in an issue only you can prevent. And number 10, a holiday song performed by the original lead of Hello, Dolly. All right, we have our clues. We'll be back after these messages with our answers. 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back, and we have our answers to most of these questions. Let's uh, let's hear the uh, descriptions one more time, and we'll give our answers. Okay, uh, question one. Peppermint stick made of fairy floss. We said cotton candy cane. We also said cotton candy cane. And it is indeed cotton candy cane. Okay, number two. Draft your favorite Square Enix characters, and after 18 weeks of tracking touchdowns, field goals, and sacks, a winner is de- is decided. Who's your first uh, draft pick, by the way? Uh, Cloud. Yeah. Cloud. Um, we're going to say Final Fantasy Football. Well, we also said Final Fantasy Football. A close second would be Waka from Final Fantasy X. Well, yeah, he <laughs> can't go with the racist. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but he plays ball. Yeah, let's ball superstar. Although Titus is better at playing ball, right? He's like a star player. So Titus. Yeah, the answer is Final Fantasy Football. Okay. Number three, Tim Allen's show within a show where he explores a concept that was experienced by Emmett Brown, Sam Beckett, and Bill S. Preston Esquire. Huh? <laughs> it's the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tool time travel. And once again, we have the same thing, tool time travel. And it is indeed tool time travel. Tim the tool man Taylor is in for a wide awakening <laughs> when uh, he re- not realizes there's no cocaine in the 1950s. <laughs> Rude awakening, sorry, not wide awakening. It would be, be wide because the wormhole, but... When you got a cl- bottle of Coke from, <laughs> yeah. from the grocery store. <laughs> Tool time travel is actually the legitimate plot for this NES video game from Home Improvement, by the way. Oh my god. You play as, as uh, Tim Allen fighting dinosaurs with a, a nail gun. <laughs> is that real? That is real. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely real. So wow. Super Nintendo only had like seven assets they could use, so they all went back and fought dinosaurs. <laughs> Uh, question four. Main character realizes little brother voiced by Alec Baldwin was actually born somewhere between 1946 and 1964. We said, uh, Boss Baby Boomer. Yeah, this took a while for us, but we got there. Boss Baby Boomer. And the correct answer is Boss Baby Boomer. Question number five. Glee antagonist portrayed by Rocky. 
We said Sue Sylvester Stallone. And Matt came up with this right away, Sue Sylvester Stallone. And it is Sue Sylvester Stallone. Can you imagine Jane Lynch as Rocky? <laughs> It'd be a lot, a lot funnier. She has I think. more reach than he does. She's probably like five inches taller. <laughs> uh, number six: common name for a revolver that fires Spider-Man villain factions. Uh, we think that would be a Sinister Six shooter. We also said Sinister Six shooter, which is a real tongue twister. And it is Sinister Six shooter. Uh, number seven, 2018 horror film starring a blindfolded Sandra Bullock in a nest on Sesame Street. Yes, huge fan of the Bird Box extended uh, <laughs> cinematic universe with the new sequel that came out that two people watched. Um, uh, big Bird Box. Same answer here, Big Bird Box. And my favorite one of these to say, Big Bird Box. Just imagining Big Bird with a blindfold on and be like, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? <laughs> <laughs> getting stalked yeah uh, actually it's pretty funny can you tell me because he's playful thank like you it. jeff <laughs> it's funnier once he explains it i didn't like it when matt said it but now that jeff explained it it's much funnier uh, i thought if uh, more of a point of it we could put it as the cover well the funny the funniest part about it is imagining big bird seeing the monster and then killing himself <laughs> <laughs> Poor Snuffleupagus has to eat his carcass then. <laughs> Let's go on to number eight. Uh, number eight. A shoulderless, sleeveless woman's garment that wraps around the upper torso made of glassware from a science lab. We said test tube top. Uh, we also said test tube top. And it is test tube top. Number nine, Hagrid's pet Aragog's home is engulfed in an issue only you can prevent. Um, we had trouble coming up with the first word, but eventually I think we stumbled on it, and we said forbidden forest fires. The exact same thing happened to us, forbidden forest fire. And it is forbidden forest fire. And number 10, a holiday song performed by the original lead of Hello, Dolly. And being able to name approximately zero Broadway stars uh, with alliterative names, we tapped on this one. Mm. We spent a lot of time thinking of somebody with the last name Winter going with Winter Wonderland when we thought it might have been a Christmas carol. And we thought Carol Channing is a person. So we said uh, Christmas Carol Channing. And it is Christmas Carol Channing. I think most people would have heard Carol Channing's name more from Whose Line Is It Anyways than it is I'm Carol, from Carol Channing. Channing. Yeah. <laughs> Great job by both teams there in that fun swing around, the before and after swing around. It looks like Pocket Man picking up 45 points, only missing one, bringing their total to 105. And Jenny and the Cats picking up 50, extending their lead to 140. Second round, question one. Same thing, different name. Savers is a thrift store chain that sells secondhand merchandise in over 315 locations across the U.S., Canada, and Australia. But not all of their stores are named Savers. People in Chicago or Washington, D.C. may know them as Unique, and people in Canada, the Pacific Northwest, and Baltimore may know it as a different name, which implies it is a small municipality with bargains. What is that name? Well, I haven't heard of any of these <laughs> establishments, Jeff. Um, so you want to just say this? This is a small municipality with bargains. Uh, yes, but are we following the format of the game? 
Oh. Is that continuing? We'll find out. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out after the break. <laughs> we'll find out after I spoil it for you. After these commercial messages. Come on down to Bargain Bin, where you get your bargains in a small municipality. <laughs> Probably not Fiddle's Village. <laughs> <laughs> I think that store would, dirty. would have closed very quickly. <laughs> very cheap prices village. All one Welcome word. to Fiddle's Village. Wait, ow, what is that? Oh, sorry, we're closed now. Helping Hamlet? Um, is that where you go and stab your uncle? Thrifty Thorpe? I mean, come on. All right, we uh, we have a pretty good guess. As I told Jeff, I, I haven't heard of any of these establishments, so we're locked in. Um, okay, so we have some clues to work with. Um, I've lived in both Chicago and D.C., and I've never heard of this place. Um, I've been up to Baltimore. Don't recall that, so I <laughs> I don't have much here. Um, so I guess we're just looking for alliterative discount city type things. Do you have any offhand you're thinking? Yeah. I don't have any specific. I was coming up with the same things with them. Villages, towns. Yeah. I mean, thrift town. Hamlets. Thrift town works as far as the alliteration. Uh, cheap city. Kind of. <laughs> well, sort of the sea. Is, is, that, yeah. is that what happened after Circuit City went bankrupt? Yeah. <laughs> cheap city. So I don't think that's it. Uh, do you want to lock in with Thrift Town? That sounds good to All me. Right. Bring it on down to Bargainville. Uh, we said Value Village. Oh, man, that sounds good. And the correct answer is Value Village. No way. That's awesome. Why are you so shocked that it's right? It like fits the category. Because <laughs> I've never heard of it. It's of course. So what a it's weird silly, name. But it fits the category perfect. Okay. Question two: Video games and court. Capcom is known for a variety of games such as Street Fighter, Mega Man, Resident Evil, and this series, starring a lawyer clad in a blue suit in a world where everyone is guilty until proven innocent. The series is known for characters with pun names such as Detective Dick Gumshoe, Prosecutor Winston Payne, and Witness Frank Saw It, and the weirdness of the cases such as having an orca as a defendant or having to cross-examine a parrot. What is the series? Objection. We're locked in. <laughs> yep. Um, are you familiar with this game? I am not. Um, are you? He is, he is an ace attorney. It is uh, Phoenix Wright, I believe is his name. Yep, Ace Attorney is what we like. That doesn't sound very alliterative. (laughs) Ace Attorney. (laughs) I said it too. Come on. (laughs) I was more correct. correct, Well, the series is Ace Attorney. Yes. I'm still waiting on the seventh game. Awesome answer by both teams. Yeah, yeah, Neil. I'm just going to talk in alliteration the rest of the game, actually. I'm going to try and do that. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, you could say alliterative answer, too. Okay, uh, question three. Comics. In 1991, Donald Trump won the Razzie for the worst supporting actor after playing himself in a cameo in Ghost Can't Do It. He beat Burt Young in Rocky V, Leo Damien in Ghost Can't Do It, Wayne Newton in The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, and a comedian who was nominated as worst supporting actor for three films, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Look Who's Talking 2, and Problem Child. Who is this comedian, who you probably know more famously as the voice of multiple birds? Okay. I imagine that 
were very intimate with this particular person, Ken. Yeah. And that they were potentially Iago and Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Is that could that be Gilbert Gottfried? I think so. We concur, Gilbert Gottfried. And it is indeed Gilbert Gottfried, voice of Iago, the Aflac duck, and a dodo in the mm. digit in uh, Cyber Chase. I like how immediately I'm like, oh, so we've got Rowan Atkinson. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh God, I know a lot of bird voice actors. Clever craftsmanship from Mike and that question. Uh, question four? Four. Yeah. Uh, every four years. During a 1988 event in Calgary, the first covered speed skating rink in North America became known as the fastest ice in the world, when during the event, seven world records were set and an an additional three event records were set. What is the shapely name of the rink where this happened? Yeah, I I just don't like your second word, but everything else about it seems right. All right, Jeff doesn't like it, but we're going to lock in nonetheless because I like it. It worked for you last time. Um, we are... I have no idea. Do you have any clue here? All I could think of is ovals. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to go with it. Uh, it says shapely. shapely oval. So we're... <laughs> I just assume it means it's some kind of shape. Um, and it's in Calgary, so... I don't know anything about Calgary. <laughs> so... No. Lovely um, city. I'm sure the flames play there. That's that. Okay. I know one thing. Um, maybe the stampede, which I think is Canadian football. That doesn't help. It is. Um, so you said oval, the, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> how about the square stadium? Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> sure. Circle of speed. Square, nope, well, one, nope, well, one more now. thing about, uh, Calgary. So that they have uh, rodeos and stuff there. So we said the saddle stadium. Because it's saddle shaped. There is a saddle, a saddle, sa- holy crap. There is a saddle shaped stadium in Calgary called the Saddle Dome. But that's where the flames play. The speed skating arena. And nobody have cleared in the fact that I never said the name of the event is the Olympic Oval. Hmm. Mm. Great. Right, question five. Related to Silly Putty. A fluid changing in consistency when a mechanical stress is applied, becoming either more or less viscous, is also known as what kind of fluid? Got it. Although the name may imply it, these fluids have nothing to do with anti-gravity. Let's go back to the first round. (laughs) Did they say they were locked in? Because I know this. Oh, good. What is it? Yeah. It's non-Newtonian. Oh, obviously. Excellent. I'm a chemical engineer. I need to know these things. There you go. I can we found confirm, your wheelhouse. I can confirm that she's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll just leave Jeff out of it. <laughs> and the correct answer is non-Newtonian. He's about to explode right now. I just, care not. He's just got to say, say something about it. All right, after the first half of the second round, we had some swift strikes and stunning saves with terrific tackles, testing the tenacity of both teams with powerful passes propelling players into prime positions with magnificent maneuvers, making for memorable moments. Let's get to the scores. It looks like Pocket Man picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 145, while Judge Jenny and the Cats picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 170. So Pocket Man gaining some ground here like Elton John on the charts. I'm glad after all that uh, ridiculous writing, um, Neil's math checked out. I hope it did too, because I blacked out. 
<laughs> yeah, if you're wondering why Neil was quiet for the last hour. <laughs> Neil's a professional Neil. writer. Check out his book. <laughs> the way Neil spent 20 minutes one Sunday. <laughs> yeah, please check out Behind the Screens uh, in stores now. Or his first book. Being Patrick Swayze. Buy right. it now. Okay. <laughs> And that's another alliteration. (laughs) Product placement. There you Uh, go. (laughs) Question six. It's all fake. Despite holding the intercontinental belt hostage when he realized that his contract ended while he was champion, having a relationship with Kurt Angle's ex-wife spawning a beef between him and Kurt Angle, and founding a competing wrestling company in NWA, now known as Impact Wrestling, who was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2018. He's currently with All Elite Wrestling and is still smashing people with his guitar. Taylor Swift also babysat his kids. That was my flavor. Uh, <laughs> Took it. <laughs> We're locked in. So I don't think it's Hulk Hogan. No, I, I don't think it's the Hulkster. He's no. most associated with Florida. Taylor, of course, grew up in Pennsylvania. So Good, good thing there's so few alliterative wrestlers out there. Um, Lex Luger. Macho Man. Macho Man, not with us. Um, should we say Lex Luger? Are we okay. gonna know this? I I don't know if we're gonna know it, but That's so we can pick we're, an alliterative Lex. wrestler. Matt, um, sorry, tell us the answer. Oh, okay. A uh, man with a guitar called everyone slap nuts. Uh, Jeff Jarrett. And the answer is Jeff Jarrett. I'm glad I didn't think about that one for too long. Yeah, we <laughs> you, na- you named a wrestler though. I know. Yeah. Several with alliteration. Yeah. Uh, Question seven. Doing the minimum. The ability of a computing system or network to provide responses with minimal delay would be described as what phrase? In capital markets, the phrase would refer to the use of algorithmic trading to react to market events faster than the competition to increase profitability of trades. And to me, it would refer to the time delay between the playings of a flow ride a hit song. Okay. Jeff is very apprehensive about my answer, but uh, we're locked in. All right. Um, so do you have any ideas right off the bat? Anything stick out to you? I was coming with latency and lagging, and I um, wasn't sure if so any of that I, was correct. <laughs> I, think, I think it is similar. I think it's low latency, low being the flow write a song. Um, that sounds good. And that's a term that was used in trading. And when I was doing NFTs and crypto, it came up a lot. Uh, so low latency, lock it in. Nicely done there. Uh, we just said right round for the uh, flow rider reference. <laughs> and the answer is low latency. Now, Mike, do you prefer the apple bottom jeans or the boots with the fur <laughs> for the winter up in Toronto? <laughs> boots with the fur. You see them all the time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, question number eight, number one singles, the Benny Hill theme composed by James Q's Spider Rich and Boots Randolph is said to have been inspired by King Curtis's sax playing in a song by the Coasters in 1958. The song spent seven weeks at number one on the R&B charts and reached number one on the top 100 pop list as well. You can hear Arnold Schwarzenegger sing it in the movie Twins. And in a more recent example, you can hear Paul Bettany sing it in the first episode of WandaVision. Can you name the song by the coasters? Ooh. I can't I know the, give an additional hint for this one as well. I know the name of the song, but I don't know the one it was inspired by. 
All right. Are you tapping? Yeah. All right. So uh, Neil, Ken, and Jeff have been running around the room chasing each other out of the doors for the last 10 minutes. Uh, So we're getting a chance to discuss now. The name of the song, I believe, is Yakety Sax. Can you think of any alliterative names that sound like that? Mm, Not unless you just put a Y on sax. Yakety Yak. Don't talk I'm uh, pretty sure that that is the song because it has a lot of the... uh, the trombone or saxophone in it that sounds very similar um so yeah no talking back no rock and roll no more etc yakety yak jenny does it again yeah the correct answer is yakety yak (laughs) you gotta block that song out (laughs) yakety yak don't go don't talk back back. yeah Uh, all right question number nine number representation if you were to head over to Microsoft Store, you may find a listing for a controller by Hyperkin. This controller is made to model the 360 controller and is named after the 54th element of the periodic table. What is the name of the controller and what console family is it for? I'm sure both the element and the console family have to be Elon Musk's favorite. Yeah, I was. I, if I wasn't sure before, I'm sure now. All right, we're locked in. What are, what are we trying to name? The controller? Yes, the controller that's named and after the, the 54th element and the series, uh, console series the controller is for. Okay. So I think the Elon Musk clue leaves me to X. Right. Which would be Xenon and Xbox. Yeah. Xenon, Xbox, probably Xbox One or whatever, but I think we can, I think that's fine. Xenon and Xbox. Same thing, Jeff? Yeah, we agree. Yeah, and the correct answer is Xenon Xbox. She's I heating up. That's my NBA jam, my friend, sorry. <laughs> I had to throw in Elon Musk to lead to X, but always saw the joke. was like Elon would be happy to get a divorce because then you have an ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> She'd have to have all the money, though, because uh, X going to give it to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. how, do you, how do you feel about uh, Xenon, Jeff? What are your thoughts on it? The girl it's of very the 21st noble. century. <laughs> <laughs> Quite noble, is my thought. You're not Xenon or Xenoff about it? <laughs> Question 10. Hidden in plain sight. In Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, there is a notable wizard school. The school's name is a pun on the term used for a small community of interacting scholars who often met face-to-face, exchanged ideas, and encouraged each other. And the school's motto is rather appropriately, now you see it, now you don't. What is the name of the school? All right. Well, they tapped out. Are we tapping out? We'll see. Uh, it's, it's possible. We're not taking a break, man. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. I know. Sorry, um, Sylvester Stallone. Jenny, are you, a, are you a fan of this book series? I have not read it yet. <laughs> I've not heard of it, so you're ahead of me there. I've heard of it at least. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on a meeting of of teachers or scholars uh, not really <laughs> do you have no, anything no i really don't i was thinking something like a convention like a um a teacher something but it's got to be a pun and it also has to be alliterative so um and be the name of a school so there's a lot of things. There's a there. lot in there, and uh, I don't, I don't think we're getting there. Um, 
So I think this might be the uh, the old fashioned double tap out. Is, have we done that in a while? Well, we'll say uh, we'll say the Illusion Institute. Oh yeah, Illusionary Institute. Oh, that's good. We Why said not? that too then. <laughs> I think this is the first question this game both teams have got wrong, so I don't feel that bad. Uh, so the the term for a small community of interacting scholars is an invisible college. And the school's name is Unseen University. Mm. Abracadabra, it looks like the end of the second round is upon us. And Pocketman only picking up 10 points in that second half, bringing their total to 155 points. Still able to wager everything if they'd like to. And uh, Jenny and the Cats picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 210. So it's all going to come down to the final round like it did last week. It was a nail-biter, and uh, there was a a turning of tables uh, in the last game. So let's see how it goes today. But, Mike, we need those final round categories. All right. Your final categories are permanently banned, play ball, playable characters, Pixar mainstays, and popular categories. All right. The wagers are now in. Both teams are going to be throwing heaters, uh, 30s all the way down. All right. Question one, permanently banned. In 2012, Australia banned a 2004 episode of a kid's cartoon show from airing because the episode told children the inappropriate message that spiders were friendly and not to be feared. This cartoon is also completely banned in China because the title character was popular with a subculture of internet users known as Shuherwin, or society people who supposedly hold anti-establishment views and gangster attitudes. As a result, the cartoon got banned because the title character promotes gang subculture. What cartoon is this? Question two, play ball. What MLB team played in the very first World Series, played in the longest ever MLB game at 26 innings, had a pitcher throw a no-hitter while on LSD, had We Are Family as a theme song, and is the only team to ever have a walk-off home run in Game 7 of the World Series. Question 3. Playable characters. On March 22, 2024, a game will be released starring what character? Although this character has been around since 1985, this will only be their second starring role. In their first game, released in 2005, they used the power of their emotions to complete their adventure. Hopefully all the skills they've accumulated from racing, fighting, playing sports, partying, and platforming will be used in the new game. Number four, Pixar mainstays. When it comes to Pixar films, there are certain things you can expect. They will all start with the lamp jumping on the eye. The Luxo ball will be somewhere in the film. A113 will be referenced, and there will, all, there will be a scene containing a truck from an in-universe restaurant. The restaurant in question is a memorable location in the original Toy Story movie, where Woody, Buzz, and some aliens come into Sid's possession with the help of the Claw. Can you name this intergalactic food joint? And question five, popular categories. Celebrity Jeopardy is one of the most beloved sketches to come out of SNL. There have been 15 Celebrity Jeopardy sketches, with one clue category showing up in every single sketch. The category, however, was never chosen until the 15th sketch. What was the clue category? Okay, we have our questions. We'll be back with our answers. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. 
but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are now locked in. Let's throw it back to Mike for a recap, and we'll give our answers. Okay, question one, permanently banned. In 2012, Australia banned a 2004 episode of a kid's cartoon show from airing because the episode told children the inappropriate message that spiders were friendly and not to be feared. This cartoon is also completely banned in China because the title character was popular with a subculture of internet users known as Shiharan, or society people, who supposedly hold anti-establishment views and gangster attitudes. As a result, the cartoon got banned because the title character promotes gang subculture. What cartoon is this? <laughs> I'm just imagining this character uh, <laughs> being a gang leader. Um, but for 30 points, we said Peppa Pig. Yeah, I have a sticker of this on my watered cup because I want people to know not to mess with me. We also said Peppa Pig. And the correct answer is Peppa Pig. So just... If you're traveling to China, don't wear any Peppa Pig gear. <laughs> Leave your Peppa Pig merch at home. We won't pass customs. Heads up for any international travelers. <laughs> okay. Question two. Play ball. What MLB team played in the very first World Series, played in the longest ever MLB game at 26 innings, had a pitcher throw a no-hitter while on LSD, had We Are Family as a theme song, and is the only team to ever have a walk-off home run in Game 7 of the World Series. All right, for another 30 points, and I'm suspecting a, uh, a rather pernicious pattern here, as we said, the Pittsburgh Pirates. We said the same. Matt came and, up with it right away. <laughs> and the correct answer is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Which pitcher was on LSD? Doc Ellis. Oh, uh, Okay. I love that one, his name is Doc, and that they did not cancel the World Series for the rest of history after having 26 innings at the first one that they had. So It just counted as three wins. 
Uh, question three, playable characters. On March 22nd, 2024, a game will be released starring what character? Although this character has been around since 1985, this will only be their second starring role. In their first game, released in 2005, they used the power of their emotions to complete their adventure. Hopefully all the skills they've accumulated from racing, fighting, playing sports, partying, and platforming will be used in the new game. We said Princess Peach. I don't think she was named Peach back in 85, but that's her name now, Princess Peach. And that is correct, Princess Peach. Originally Princess Toadstool, but only in English localization. This isn't the uh, new Nintendo game for Pontius Pilate? <laughs> Pontius Pilate and Pistol Pete. <laughs> uh, I'd play that. <laughs> question four, Pixar mainstays. When it comes to Pixar films, there are certain things that you can expect. They will all start with the lamp jumping on the eye. The Luxo ball will be somewhere in the film. A113 will be referenced, and there will be a scene containing a truck from an in-universe restaurant. The restaurant in question is a memorable location in the original Toy Story movie where Woody, Buzz, and some aliens come into Sid's possession with the help of the claw. Can you name this intergalactic food joint? We said Pizza Planet for 30 points. We also said Pizza Planet for 30 points. And that is correct. Pizza Planet. And lastly, popular categories. Celebrity Jeopardy is one of the most beloved sketches to come out of SNL. There have been 15 Celebrity Jeopardy sketches, with one clue category showing up in every single sketch. The category, however, was never chosen until the 15th sketch. What was the clue category? We said Potent Potables. Uh, for 30 points, we also said Potent Potables. And the correct answer is Potent Potables. Well, that's it, folks. That's the game. And it looks like Pocket Man, uh, even though they batted perfect in the final round here, picking up 150 points, they're going to end the game with 305. But J -J Jenny and the Cats also picking up 150 points. And like Ken's reference earlier for Right Round, the Flo Rida song, they're going to actually have 360 points, a full circle. And they are going to be today's cream of the crop. Congratulations. The cream of the crop. Well done. Nice job, guys. Your prodigious point scoring was paramount in the today's victory. Yeah, you almost got there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, are... I, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't. I didn't want to spew for an hour. <laughs> you didn't have time to write it down, like, like exactly. uh, Neil over there. Um, yeah. Had to go with what popped into my head. Well, Jenny, I couldn't have done it without you. Uh, appreciate it all. Um, you know, you, some of those were in your wheelhouse. Really exciting when you get those right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of your answers were correct, Jenny, and you did a great job uh, working with Matt today. Anyone you'd like to give a shout out to or, or say hi to before we let you go today? I'll just shout out my boyfriend. He managed to stay quiet in the other room while I was recording. <laughs> it, is he a lead singer of a screamo band? Is that why he had to be quiet today? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter and for being here with us today. It was so much fun to hang out. And Mike, uh, always a pleasure to have you here. You always write great questions. Today's theme was... Uh, was amazing as well. Anyone you'd like to shout out before we let you go? Uh, I would like to point out that if anyone really paid attention to the answers, I did manage to use every single letter in an alliteration. So shout out to anyone who realized that. And shout out to the playtesters in the Discord who helped me out uh, a lot with this. 
That's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much to all of our playtesters in the Discord and the crop for helping all of our hosts out. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being there for anyone who's written a game, especially those who have written a game for the first time. It always helps to have playtesters. Uh, but speaking of shout-outs, Ken, uh, you always love to give a special shout-out to our network, Airwave Media. What yeah. do you have for us today? Airwave Media. You can find them at airwavemedia.com. Check out other great uh, podcasts such as All Creatures, Partners in Trivia, Good Job Brain, and how about the Unbiased Science Podcast? All right. Well, we love our science unbiased, uh, and we love our trivia podcasts uh, to end and come back the following week, which we always do. So thank you very much to everyone listening today. And for Jenny, Mike, Matt, Jeff, and Ken, my name is Neil, and that was yet another episode of yet the another. Tubular Trivia Podcast Triviality. Yeah.